Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Edward Sutton and Brad Basmajan about how to make your employee benefits stand out from the rest. Edward Sutton and Brad Basmajan, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks for having us, John. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with both of you today. Where are you both joining me from today? So I'm in uh, Los Angeles County, a um, couple, uh, a few, several hours away from Ed. Yeah, and I'm uh, in a place called Mullica Township, which is about 25 miles northwest of Atlantic City, New Jersey. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And I'm south of Salt Lake City. So we're kind of we got the the spread of the country covered in our conversation today. Today, we're going to be talking about how to make your employee benefits stand out from the rest. Uh, this is a super important topic. I think one thing that will come up and we'll probably uh, pull this apart and dissect it a little bit. Uh, is just the rising cost of employee benefits and how companies are really grappling with that. And so finding a way to to manageably and sustainably, you know, provide benefits for your people is an ongoing concern of, I think, just about every leader, every HR manager in particular, uh, every comp and benefits person. And so finding ways to leverage what you have to make it stand out and to communicate that effectively to your uh, employees, I think is important as it has ever been. So this is what we'll be exploring together today. As we get started, I just wanted to briefly introduce both Edward and Brad. And then if you can both share with us a little bit more about your professional background uh, and anything else you'd like us to know before we dive on into the conversation. Edward Sutton is Chief Sales Officer at Toco at Work. And Brad Basmajan is Chief Operating Officer at Toco Warranty. Uh, again, anything else you would both like to share with me or my audience before we dive on in? Um, no, I mean, I think it's a great jumping off point. I've been, um, you know, doing this for 10 plus years. Ed has been doing this for quite a long time. So, you know, I'm sure we have uh, a lot of opinions to share on on, on this uh, subject. So I'm, I'm ready to dive in if you are, Ed. Yeah, the only thing I would add, uh, John, is that uh, I've been in the benefit business for, you know, close to 40 years, um, both on the carrier side and on the brokerage side. So I have a 
pretty good, well-rounded uh, background in regards to you know our topic of discussion today. That's fantastic. And I imagine maybe we can start there. Give us a quick overview of four decades worth of, of comp and benefits experience. Where have you seen things go, you know, over the last several decades to get us to where we're at today? Sure. And that's a, that's a great kicking off, uh, jumping off point. You know, I've focused on over my career on the voluntary employee benefit side of the business. So, you know, non-core uh, employer benefits, right? And it's, we're always been what I would call the ugly stepchild of, of the business, right? And trying to help um, employers, but, but also, you know, brokers and benefit consultants understand the real value of delivering a voluntary benefit program. And, you know, what I've seen over time, good and in a good and in a poor economy, is that, you know, voluntary benefits um, are a much needed component of the overall employee benefit package. And in a good economy, you know, things are good. Employers, you know, might have a little bit more of, of a budget to fund, you know, the medical, the dental, you know, life insurance and some of the core benefits. Um, and sometimes they pay for even some of the voluntary products. And, and you know, as, a, as an example, example, our program is both employee paid and can be employer funded. Um, but, but in a poor economy, um, you know, voluntary benefits tend to, to, to be better for a better choice for a lot of, you know, employer groups out there that can't deliver the benefit package that they want to their employees. So, you know, overall, what, what we're offering uh, today is, is really something of, of great value that in this economy, employers can uh, select. In, yeah. in the voluntary employee benefits space, have you seen some major trends and shifts over the last few decades? Um, I would say that, um, uh, you know, there's been a, an up and down in the marketplace and it, it really depends on the voluntary benefit that, that the employer is offering. So to give an example, life insurance sales on the voluntary side have been relatively flat for about the last decade, right? So, you know, employers and most employers offer some form of a group uh, core, you know, life life insurance benefit. Um, And sometimes a supplemental or a voluntary program, which is 100% portable, which means that the employee owns. So as far as, as far as life insurance goes, that's been relatively flat. We've seen uh, increases more in non-traditional voluntary benefits over the last several years, like, you know, identity theft protection, legal protection, pet protection, uh, pet insurance protection, excuse me. And, uh, and now, uh, you know, this offering is new, unique, refre- and, and really fresh. So uh, we're hoping we'll see, you know, a significant impact in the marketplace real soon. To kind of piggyback on you know, the state of, um, of, of the market right now and, and how this is really a, um, I think it's good if uh, I went back and told a little bit about how we got here to really um, accentuate kind of why, um, why this is so poignant at this time. We, we started this company um, 10 years ago um, because this is a product that everybody has a story for. I know I do, 
Um, I remember being, you know, 18 and having a Jeep that I was worried every single time I'd get in my car, um, whether or not this thing would turn over and get me from point A to point B. Um, it's just such a relatable um, fear that, that, that Americans have uh, relying on their vehicle. You know, it, it, either you or someone you know has, that, has, has had that experience. Um, and for the longest time, you know, a, a product like this was really only um, attainable if you were buying a new car and you bought a, a, a warranty at a dealership. Um, but, you know, along came these third-party marketers and uh, started to sell it to people who were outside of the dealership. But the problem always has been is it was always priced way too high and sold way too aggressively in order to uh, make their business model work. And because of that, it was just unattainable and unattractive for the people who needed it the most. So, you know, a long story, very short, that was really the catalyst that um, birthed Toco. Um, and we created a company with the goal of trying to get this into the into the hands of the people who actually could use a product like this, because we believed wholeheartedly this is something that was life-saving in many cases. Um, so we built it. We built it under the idea that this is going to be priced uh, lower than anything else out in the industry. It was going to be priced in a way that was uh, attainable for people, treated like any other in, uh, utility in their life, a month-to-month product um, with uh, high customer satisfaction. Our driving goals were to earn the customer's business um, over and over every single month. That was our that was our phase one. Um, the entire time we were doing this and building this product out, the idea of entering the employee benefit space was always there. That seed had always been planted from the very beginning because it's the natural extension of the idea of what we were trying to do to get this into the hands of people who really actually needed it. And when you talk about that fear you have getting in your car and not knowing if it's going to work, a lot of that fear is really, am I going to be able to get to my job? Am I going to be able to continue to earn a living? Is this going to cause a disruption? Because your job for most Americans is really what fuels every other priority in your life. Um, so again, nine, 10 years, we've been working at how do we prove this product out and successfully enter this space. And over that time, um, we've gone to the shows, we've met the right people. We've taken our time to really do the research and figure out how to build a product that's going to actually adapt into the space to solve a ton of problems, not only for, uh, employees, but for employers as well. Um, and, you know, we were smart enough, wise enough to know <clears throat> what we didn't know. And that was um, what led us to really start talking to the experts in this industry, one of which is here with us today, which is uh, Ed Sutton. Um, he, amongst several others in our group, um, are really helping to spearhead um, this product. And we can I know I've talked a lot here and we can jump into all the other uh, reasons this makes sense in this space specifically, but that's kind of our path and how we got here and, and um, why we're working with uh, someone like Ed who really knows the space inside and out and is going to help us to really get it where we want to get it uh, in terms of into the hands of the people, like I said, who really actually truly need it. I would add that, 
you know, we, we've, uh, we're delivering a, a program that is uh, a um, uh, simple and easy for the employee to understand. Um, number two, easy to enroll in. And number three, affordable, right? Three main components to any type of voluntary benefit program that, that is out there today. And I think it's important to understand that, that when outside of this program, when you purchase a, a vehicle warranty uh, service plan, um, we're, uh, that company is truly underwriting that vehicle, which means that that vehicle needs to be you know, properly maintained, number one, but they're also charging based on the age of that vehicle, the type of vehicle, the mileage of that vehicle, right? We make it very simple. We underwrite the employee, right? And we won't underwrite their vehicle as long as their vehicle is properly maintained, younger than 15 years of age, and has less than 150,000 miles at time of enrollment. So you can own just about every vehicle out there as long as it's non-commercial use, right? And it's not a high performance vehicle. All right. And our price point is exactly the same for every single employee, which makes it easy for the employee, but more importantly, makes it easy for the employer when it comes to the payroll deductions um, for their for that uh, program. Yeah. And just to, to add on to that, and that's a good point, Ed, you know, I talked about how we started this on the direct to consumer side by trying to make this the, you know, the best price product out there and getting into the the uh, employer space, we needed to make this even better priced. We needed to really figure out a way to lower the price point so that this was um, a no-brainer for employees or employers. And it's really because of that, because of what Ed said is we're underwriting the person, not the car, that allows us to really achieve a group rate that's going to bring this so much cheaper than anything else out there. And that's key to, like I said, really making this a no-brainer for people because you don't really always prioritize the things you should prioritize in your life. And if this is a thing that is going to actually, um, you know, save you in a situation to make it as easy to enroll in, to make it as cheap as possible, to make it as, like I said, a no brainer as possible is really what we had to do to get into the space. And, um, you know, that's, that, that's how we were able to get it the way that we got it and price it the way that we did. Yeah, and that's so important as you've re- both referred to. I mean, the the economic factors impacting the benefits space uh, generally, the vol- the voluntary benefits um, space specifically. It's it's been hard. I mean, y- you could definitely speak to this better than I could, but my understanding is, you know, we've seen double digit year after year double digit cost growth for probably the last twenty plus years. Uh, in the benefit space for employers, and oftentimes that's twenty to thirty percent a year uh, over year, and and that's just not sustainable. I mean, it's it's just so hard for organizations to be able to provide that, and and so what ends up happening over time is you have a watering down of coverage um, with a rising expense both for the employer side of what they're paying out and what they're having their employees pay in uh, to the the coverage of the plan. Um, and that's talking about benefits generally. Um, when we get into the the voluntary benefits space, 
then it's it's all about okay we we have to dump so much of our money and focus into the the mandatory benefits and and those that are really expected um that there may not be this this uh feeling that there's a whole lot left over uh to provide other types of of benefits that people are going to value uh, and maybe speak to that a little bit, like how, how employers are wrestling with that, how you're able to help provide some of that um, solution for them uh, as they're trying to, to wrestle with that, uh, the complexity there. Sure. Um, John, you know, we offer our program through the brokerage community and benefit consultant community. So, so we're not necessarily selling direct, even though we could, but, you know, our, our focus is to sell through the, through the benefit brokers. So first, you know, benefit brokers and consultants, you know, they're always looking for new innovative, you know, ideas and, and, and how to engage uh, the employees of their clients uh, in their overall uh, benefit program. So to your point, you know, medical insurance is, is uh, you know, premiums have skyrocketed and we've gone from, you know, traditional medical plans to high deductible you know, you know, programs to where you're sometimes talking, you know, five, ten thousand uh, dollars in, in annual deductibles, and then there's the co-insurance on top of it. So, you know, employers are spending more; their cost uh, share over to their employees are get, is getting higher. Um, so, you know, so that's actually, you know, in our mind, good news for those of us in the voluntary benefit business. Because again, the employer simply can't continue to afford much more than the medical, you know, coverage that they offer, right? So, and, you know, benefits, you know, they might offer when it comes to overall benefits, they might offer, you know, a, a group life insurance program, you know, maybe a, a long-term disability uh, benefit, you know, dental. And, and we're seeing more of those benefits turning from employer funded to, to partially funded and or you know, voluntary. As you said, at the end of the day, you know, you know, everyone's worried about the employers, the HR professionals are worried about, well, how much can we throw at the employees before they say, stop, we can't, you know, we just don't have any more discretionary dollars to pay for this. But, but the good news is that, you know, um, by offering a large suite of voluntary benefits, um, you know, and, and offer them in a way that makes it easy to understand, as I said earlier, but, but also uh, affordable where they can, those employees can determine what their need is and pick and choose accordingly. Um, you know, that's the, the, the trend that I've seen over my entire career, right? So the question is, you know, how does the broker or the benefit consultant engage their client to the point that their client understands what their employees need, right? And that's that can be done in, in, in many ways. But, you know, going back to the need for, you know, our program, um, we believe that, that, you know, for the right business, for the right employer group, um, our program will be a very highly utilized benefit, right? So, you know, we, we actually give employees a $5,000 bank account, right, that they can tap into annually if in the event they have a vehicle breakdown. Um, so, you know, we want high utilization where a lot of voluntary benefits are, you know, 
are hiding <laughs> when it comes to the utilization of the program. They don't want the utilization. So high utilization just means, you know, better, hopefully, participation and better appreciation for the overall overall benefit. So, um, you know, we think we have a good a, a good solution for for the average working American today. I mean, the reality is for that average working American, you know, the the average age of the vehicle is just on the road today is just increasing. It's 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 about twelve years right now, and over half of the American population just have no savings at all. Wouldn't be able to cover, you know, that big thousand dollar repair bill. So it's it's just so relevant in people's lives and the utilization of this product, like I said, it's something, or like Ed said, it's something that we, that we truly want. Uh, and uh, that is obviously quite different than, you know, most other products in the voluntary space. Yeah. And you've both talked about giving employers a chance to provide a benefit that will actually be utilized and appreciated by employees which is so hugely important. I've seen, you know, at places where I've worked where they've provided these these optional, these voluntary kind of benefits. Um, and frankly, the vast majority of them are not things that people are actually interested in. Um, they're they're low cost or no cost types of benefits that uh, the organization may have negotiated. And but I'm I'm not sure they're actually utilized by much of anybody. Um, and so the perceived actual value of them, I think, is pretty darn low. And, you know, I'm not really sure what it brings to the table, uh, other than the company being able to say that, you know, look at what we offer, and they can point to that, you know, maybe when they're recruiting people or onboarding people, but other than that, it doesn't get used. So having stuff that's utilized that actually matters that people say they want and they need, uh, that that really does make a difference. And it's a much better way to leverage the limited money, the, the, the investment that you have to put into the, those types of benefits. Sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely better than, you know, it's easier to be excited about utilizing a product like this than it would be, you know, accidental death and dismemberment. Um, you know, one is a better situation to be using this in and, you know, it's, it's kind of that tangible, um, that tangible thing, like I said in the beginning, you know, this is something that everybody kind of, to some degree, lives with in their in their head that this could be a problem for me. So it's really easy to picture yourself using this product. Yeah, which is what we all need. We all need to be able to picture ourselves using those things for them to actually be useful uh, to us. And as an employer, you know, you're seeking to help employers to help their people. Right. And as an employer, I want to do what's going to matter for my people. Why, why waste your time doing things that aren't salient or relevant to your people? Um, there's plenty of other things you can be focusing on. So let's, let's uh, recalibrate and do things that are actually going to make a difference. Um, so as we get towards wrapping up, just why don't you tell us just a little bit more about Taco at Work? Um, how people can get connected and really how, how you're going to be able to benefit organizations. And then we can wrap things up for today. Sure. Ed, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you take this away about how to get connected. Sure. Um, real easy, John. Um, we have a, a, a website, uh, toco, uh, which leads to our toco at work, uh, landing page with a lot of great information on it. Um, in on that landing page is my contact information, um, my email address, my my phone number, um, and you know brokers employers can reach out uh, to me directly. 
uh, either through that that uh, landing page or or my email address and request a formal proposal and and we will you know uh, turn around a proposal within 24 hours but you know overall I think you know this is truly a benefit that over the last few months that I've been with Toco, that every time I talk about it with a benefit broker and or an employer, they're extremely excited about. And they love the fact that we've taken a direct-to-consumer type of a program and brought it into the employee benefit business. Um, and again, make it affordable, make it easy to enroll and easy to understand. Um, but the affordability is, is really the critical part. You know, I think everyone that I've asked over the last several months, you know, if you could um, uh, purchase a auto warranty program on your, you know, 10 year old vehicle, you know, you know, would you want it? And the answer is always yes. The question is, can they afford it? Right. So so we've made this program extremely affordable. Actually, our, our price points can be as low as about 50 percent less than what an employee can purchase on the direct to consumer side of the business. So a very significant discount. When I started, uh, or right before I started at Toco, I went onto their website, I enrolled my 2011 GMC Sierra pickup truck. Now it's in perfect shape. It's got about 140,000 miles on it. Um, it looks new, feels good, you know, drives well. Um, so I put the information in and the monthly rate was $112 a month. Enrolling in a TOCO at work, the price point is, is about $60 a month. So again, a, a significant savings. And there are roughly about 7% of working Americans out there that own an auto warranty um, on the direct-to-consumer side. So it doesn't sound like a big number, uh, but there's 229 million unprotected vehicles out there. So uh, once an employee, again, can get access to our program through their employer, you know, we anticipate that we're going to see, you know, a good level of, of participation and uh, that will lead even to better appreciation and participation down the road when, when even more employees find out about it. Wonderful. Edward, Brad, this has just been a really great conversation. It's been informative for me, given me a lot to think about. I hope it's been helpful to my audience as well. Uh, I really encourage the audience to reach out, to get connected, find out more about what TOCO can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. If you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.